2: Wilshire, Kazola,
3: Giroux gets it back through Wilshire on side and scores. Norwich
1: completely static and caught out by the through ball from Giroux and the eventual finish from Wilshire.
3: A few conversations with like the medical team and that, and they're saying like you need to uh, have a few days or maybe miss a few games. But I was living my dream, Joshua. Like, I was a kid who grew up in the academy, who all of a sudden was playing in the first team and actually doing well and becoming an important player for the team and also challenging for the league. So I didn't want to miss out on any of it. Like, I loved every single minute of it, and, and I might have paid the price over the years for that season. But that season, you know, I look back on that season, and that is. is Definitely up there with the best of my career.
2: Hello and welcome to In Lockdown, in partnership with Camden Town Brewery. This week we're in lockdown with Jack Wilshere, and he was on such great form that we've divided it into two parts. So this is part one today, and the second part will follow on Thursday. But as long as you're subscribing to the show, that second part will automatically download when it comes out, so you won't miss it, or in fact, any of our new podcasts. Jack was the boy wonder of the Arsenal Academy, and made his first team debut aged just 16 in 2008. He would go on to have many ups and downs over the next 10 years at the club. We'll try to cover as many of those as we can today. So uh, thanks for joining us remotely today, Jack. Uh, First of all, how's quarantine treating you? How's uh, homeschooling going?
3: Oh, mate. Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, Homeschooling is difficult, but I'm sure it's the same for everyone listening who's got kids. I'm lucky where I I can concentrate on doing the homeschooling and then once the... The school's finished, I can go out and do my work, do a workout. But there's some parents out there that have to sort of juggle both, which I can't get my head around how anyone could do that. It literally, for six hours a day, they're in their rooms and I'm in between the rooms because I've I've obviously got four. So the missus is with the toddler and the baby and then I'm doing the the homeschooling upstairs. So it's it's interesting. I'm learning anyway.
2: Yeah, I bet. bet. Um, And you're doing a bit of training as well, did you say?
3: Yeah, so I came back. I had surgery uh, late January, and I started training with the team just before all this uh, all this kicked off. And to be honest with you, I, it, it's turned out quite nice because I felt like I needed a little bit longer, um, like to work on my fitness. And you know what it's like at a club, especially when you know we're we're at the bottom of the table, fighting for our lives. You know, you, they try and get you back a little bit quicker.
2: All right, cool. Well, for this interview, we're gonna obviously talk about your Arsenal days, and we will go. Go back to the um, beginning when you were coming through the academy and I remember just being part of the club that everyone was talking about you from, I think, I don't know, the age of 11 or 12. You were built up as the one that, you know, everyone's getting excited about. Did that, even at that early age, did that put much pressure on you? Do you think it it, it shaped the way you, you were at that time?
3: Uh, not at that age, I don't think, to be honest. Um, you know, I look back now and maybe when I got to... 13, 14. Like I didn't at the time, but I look back and I and I realised that I was being a little bit fast tracked, being looked after a little bit better by the by the club. Uh, at the time, you know, I was just happy to be at such a great club and getting the best best training. And you know, I looked around my team, and there was good players in that team. You know, Frimpom, J. Emmanuel Thomas, Sanchez, Watt, Henry Lansbury, players like that. Who, who, to be honest with you, I didn't think I was any different to them, and. You know, I felt like like the same. Maybe as I got a bit older, as I said, I I got treated a little bit differently. Like pushed towards the first team a little bit more than the others, which was brilliant for me. And I was I was lucky enough to be that one. Uh, but not when I was eleven, to be honest, Josh. Like I didn't really feel any pressure then.
2: But do you think it might have shaped the way you were and and your confidence? Because basically, you're playing men's football. You're playing reserve team football from sixteen, weren't you? Maybe even earlier. Um, fifteen. You were, yeah. yeah, fifteen. And so. And being told by your coaches and how good you are, it must sort of shape your confidence, doesn't it? Giving you an extra bit of belief in yourself.
3: Yeah, I've always been like quite confident anyway. And even when I was younger, coming coming through, in, like, I was confident that I could go all the way and get to to the first team. And that was just the way I was. Uh, like I didn't, like my dad, I used to spend a lot of time with my dad in the car going to games and going to training and he he never like said, look, you're better than all. He were not one of them. He was just like, keep going, keep working hard and, and let's see what happens. But the, the, when I started playing reserves, to be honest, I thought, because back then it was reserves, it weren't um, the 23s and the reserves was generally, we played against teams who, who were playing their first team players that weren't playing. So we were playing against men and. You know, at the time, I was—I thought that I was playing because there was a lot of injuries in the in the older groups, um, and well, that's why I played in the first, my first game, and then I played well, and then it's difficult for—it was Neil Balfour at the time, who I loved, and he was brilliant for me, uh, who who kept me in the team, and you know, that's what I always say and always like, thought in, in my head, like when you feel like that's your opportunity, it was important to take it, and I felt like I was really good at that. Yeah,
2: because you were training as well with the first team really early, weren't you? And, and part of the first team squad um, from the age of 16. And I remember, I think it was Boro Primarac who was telling everyone who was li- listening at the training ground that you were like a young Zidane. And uh, this is when people started to think, hang on, we've got a 16-year-old Zidane on our books. He, he must be
3: special. Uh, yeah, no, I started... So Arsenal was good with, with young players like the youth team. Like when they had a small group training, he would bring players over to... Uh, to make up the numbers really and, and i remember i was like 15 i think the first time and then like two or three times later i went i kept going and and then it was that pre-season when i came back when i was 16 that uh they invited me over and again he was good because he brought the young players over because a lot of the first team players who had been on international duty weren't back mm-hmm. um, so the first two weeks was at the training ground and i like, it used to be the same every year we'd do two weeks at the training ground of running and then we play against Barnet. Do you remember that game? Yeah, yeah,
2: of course. Every play.
3: Year. And I remember I played them. Like, there was a lot of young, young players, and it used to be like forty-five minutes one team, forty-five, and I played the second forty-five, and I set up a couple of goals, and and then I thought that was it. I thought I was going to go back with the reserves because the first team were going to Austria on the Monday, and uh, I got a text from Paul Irwin saying uh, on the Sunday I'll come in tomorrow and bring your passport. I remember like being, so I was like, I had to ask my mum. When my passport was, <laughs> I was just like so nervous because like, the players that had been on international duty. I think it was something I like two thousand eight euros and like uh, Cesc and Percy they were coming back and I was just like I was starstruck to be honest.
2: And how did that go that that training camp?
3: Yeah, it was um, it was unbelievable. Like it was so tough. Like, I remember that there were times when I, um, I was sixteen, I was a boy, and I was, there was times where I was thinking. Oh my god like how do how do these boys all these men do this every day like it was tough there was double sessions and uh, then there was games and it was tough but it was my first proper pre-season as well because obviously I was my first sort of year full time and um it was definitely a learning curve and like from that point on I took things more seriously in terms of like what I did off the pitch in terms of what I ate and looking after myself
2: so you obviously did something right because it wasn't long after that you made your debut It's September um, 2008, away to Blackburn in the in the Premier League and a lot of players were making their debut in the League Cup you were in the Premier League squad when did you when did you know that you'd be involved?
3: Um, so that pre-season went pretty well for me and and then I had a bit of luck with a few of the, the first team getting injured so I made a few uh, squads before that I was on the bench and uh, looking back now it's, it sounds silly but I just remember thinking I'm ready to play I want to play <laughs> and I didn't get on a few times. I was a bit disappointed, and um, and then at Blackburn we were three we nil up when I came on.
2: Yeah, three 0 and you came on for the last sort of ten minutes or so, didn't you? Yeah, and
3: uh, Arson like you always knew at half, at half time, but like, when you came back out, what which players were going to go on? Because he'd send like the three that he obviously had in his mind to warm up, and he sent me to warm up, and I was like, what me? And he was like, yeah, go warm up. And I warmed up and I was just thinking, like, if I get on the pitch, just keep it simple, keep the ball moving, like don't try anything, don't give it away. And uh it turned out nice. I came on and I think I think Aaron might have, no, I think I had it by all scored, Aaron set him up.
2: Yeah, Aaron came on just before you, didn't he? And, and yeah, uh, you, you came on for Robin Van Persie and yeah, made it help make it 4 0. How did, how did you play? out? Can you remember your first touch?
3: Yeah, I remember just thinking, like, right, two touch, get the ball and pass it, Like, this is different, like this is the Premier League, like You've grew up watching this, you know how quick it is, but even then, like nothing could pre- prepare you for it and how quick it is, and like the feeling of playing in front of all them fans, and yeah, it was special.
2: So, did you have your many of your family there?
3: No, my mum and dad, they they would have been. there. I can't remember, but they would have been there definitely. They've they come even now. They come home and away games, so yeah, they would have been there.
2: And you broke the record that day, didn't you? For Arsenal's youngest league player. Did you know about that at the time? Had anyone told you?
3: No, no, I didn't, to be honest. I thought that was, um, I thought Fabregos had it before, didn't
2: he? I think in, um, yeah, in a non league, but in a Premier League game, you wrote the record for the league player, but he was in a cup. Do I still hold that record? Yeah, yeah, youngest. Not really. Yeah, 16 and however you weren't, 16 and a half, I think, at the time, weren't you? Yeah,
3: about that.
2: So, so what, what are your emotions? at the final whistle when, you, when you've when you you've made your debut you're back in the dressing room what happens then does, does, does Arson say anything to you or are you just treated like anyone else at that point
3: yeah no I remember Pat Rice sort of waiting at the tunnel and like walking in and putting his arm around me saying congratulations uh, and then the same with Arson when I got into the dressing room and that when I was at at that stage in my career I didn't really have like a relationship with with Arson because I weren't I weren't involved enough like over the years it would grow to get better but like we did, I didn't really say much. It, to be honest, again, I was I was like starstruck around him. Like i I'd grown up watching him manage the team, and I didn't know what to say to him. And he just said congratulations, and that was it.
2: So, what about the players? Who was sort of looking out for you? Did you have any? Did you have a mentor or anything like that?
3: Cesc would always like give me give me words of advice. Uh, Gibbo, Kieran Gibbs was around the team. Then Aaron had come in. Like we we all got close in that pre-season because we were the young players and that's, you know young players tend to stick together when when they come into the first team um, but again to be honest Josh like I didn't really I was quite quiet at that at that stage because I didn't like it sounds it sounds mad but I didn't really feel like I deserved to be there like I felt like I was a kid and there was a lot of injuries and I got my chance and I didn't want to upset anyone I didn't want to say anything to anyone and like, I was sort of like that character and but no, Sesk was good Like he, he'd give me words of advice and because like, at that point as well I was sort of uh, for the next year or so I was with the first team then with the reserves and like, Cesc would always say I watched you the other night in the reserves you done well or whatever.
2: So how long did that last that feeling of I shouldn't be here yet because you did play you, I mean you scored in your next game in the Carling Cup and you played a few I think you played Champions League as well that season didn't you so you did. you were getting a lot more Game time. How long did it take until you felt you were part of the squad? It probably took
3: till I started playing week in week out in the in the league. Like for the next couple of seasons, I didn't really, but I didn't really play. So I played in the Carling Cup, the odd, the odd game in the FA Cup, and then I like, was desperate to play, so I went out on loan. And it wasn't until I'd got back from loan, the loan move, and like learned what the Premier League was like, and I didn't want want to be that like. Sometimes you know, like first team players get this impression of young players that they're big time. They they get a lot of money at a young age. And I didn't want. I I never wanted anyone to think that of me, and you know, I just wanted to get keep my head down and and, and train hard and, and try and get my opportunity. And that's what I did, really. So, do you think
2: that Bolton loan was good for that as well, playing week in and, and week out and, and establishing yourself?
3: Yeah, hundred percent, mate. I thought I was ready to play before I. I I went there, but I look back now and I think you know I needed that. Like there was only like fifteen, sixteen games, but playing in a, a different team, learning the league, obviously moving up there. You know, I went from living with my mum and dad who would do everything for me to just, uh, moving up to Manchester and living on my own. So I grew up on and off the pitch massively.
2: And then um you came back and, and started playing for England as well. So you got you made your first. England appearance before making your Premier, first Premier League start for Arsenal. So, again, that must be just another step up the ladder, thinking, actually, this is, this is my place. This is where I should be.
3: Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, that was strange because, again, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking, OK, I played some games for Bolton, but I hadn't really played properly for Arsenal. And I still felt like it was a massive season for me Like because I came back and I said to the boss, look, now I'm ready to play. And I was in the mindset as well, like, if I didn't play, then I had to leave and, and, and play again, or go on loan again and play some games. And and then he obviously got England call up, and I had exactly the same feeling of, oh my God, like, sh- should I be or should I not? And I was always one who sort of worried about that off the pitch, but when I got on the pitch, I'd just play my game and and, and play football, which I was obviously good at. But like, when I was, I remember when we first met, when I first met with England, and it was a Sunday night. I think we'd just played in in Poland, I think. We played and we came back on the Saturday night and then on the Sunday night we were meeting up. I was meeting up with England and like, I walked into the room, the dinner room, and there was Rooney, Gerard, Lampard, uh, John Terry, Rio Ferdinand, those like, who I'd grown up watching. Right? And, like, I was lucky that um, Kieran Gibbs, it was Kieran Gibbs' first squad as well. He was there. and well, Otherwise, like, I didn't know what to say to anyone. So you just hang around together, did you? Yeah, we just sit next to each other and if don't speak unless you're spoken to.
2: they, um, made your first Premier League start at Anfield for, uh, first day of the season one all draw and then that was it you stayed in the team pretty much did you have any idea that that season would be so big for you because you just I think you played nearly 50 games didn't you that season
3: yeah yeah played a lot of games um, no I knew it would be a, a big year for me and I knew that if I got my opportunity then I would stay in the team like, and that's what I wanted to. that's what I was trying to say to Arsene but I obviously couldn't say that because I wasn't that type of character. I just wanted to show him with my football, and even like, I say that. But even after the first game, I remember Anfield. I, I done all right, but I gave the ball away and they scored, and we drew one all. And like even then, I was thinking, I oh, know, like I know what Arsenal's like. He, he wants you to keep the ball, like. And then he was brilliant from then. From then on, like he, he stuck with me. as such, I was lucky as well because there was a lot of injuries. That's that's the only reason I played at, at Anfield. Um, and then again, like I say, if you get that opportunity, then you have to take it. And slowly, like, over the next four or five games, I started to feel like I belonged in the team. And we started doing well. We had a really good season that year. We came really close. And yeah, I felt like that was a massive year for me. And a lot of that was down to the trust that Arsenal put in me.
2: Well, yeah, we'll talk more about that season. But I just want to... You mentioned you played a lot of games. but You're still very young. I just wondered how, you, how your body was, was holding up at the point. Did you Did you... It's a big difference, isn't it, going from playing youth team football, even if you're playing yeah. a lot of youth team football, to a lot of men's football. Did, did you notice it at the time, the effect it was having on your body?
3: Uh, no, not at the time. Um, I remember having a few conversations with like the medical team and, that, and they're saying, like, you need to uh, have a few days or maybe miss a few games. But I was living my dream, Joshua. I was the kid who grew up in the academy, who all of a sudden was playing in the first team and actually doing well and becoming an important player for the team and also challenging for the league. So I didn't want to miss out on any of it. Like I loved every single minute of it and, and I might have paid the price over the years for that season, but that season, you know, I look back on that season and that is, is definitely up there with the best of my career.
2: Yeah, and, and I, I guess that Barcelona performance is probably the which sums up that season, doesn't it? That 2-1 win at the Emirates. Um, how soon into that game did you realise how well you were
3: playing? It's um, a good question. Uh, you know what? To be honest with you, I didn't even think I was. Like, I mean, I thought I was doing all right. When it, when we got to half-time, like, I'd done a few good things in the first half, but I felt like they'd dominated. Like, I felt like... Um, like they they had a, oh, and like I'm sure if you speak to any player they played against they say the same they had a way of making you feel like you were uh like running around running around in circles for no reason and like they used to make yeah they used to make these little passes in midfield and you didn't know whether to press or whether to stand hold back and wait for them and if you did wait for them they'd find Messi and you'd do a little bit and, and we went in we went in 1-0 down but at the same time, we had a few opportunities. Like we hit them on the counter attack a few times, and you know we had a, a few opportunities to score. And I remember going in at time and and the lads were sort of, like, we were quietly confident because we played them. Um, well, I wasn't in the team, but I'd watched them play against the lads before a couple of seasons before, and they got absolutely battered. They were like three nil down, and like, we we still felt we were in the game. I always remember Sesk saying, "Look." We just need to press them harder. We need to go as a team and and get the ball back. And and they won't know what's hit them. And we did that in the second half. And um, it wasn't until after the game actually when I, when I came off and it was Paul Acres, the kit man, he was like, "Mate, hey, you just had Javi and Iniesta in your pocket." And I was, and I was like, "What? No, no chance." And he was like, "I'm telling you." And then I got man the match. And it's difficult when you're in a game to to know like how how well you played or what people are thinking of the games you know I mean
2: well I, I mean I don't know what you mean but <laughs> cuz I've never been in that position but that's, that I mean for watching it you can tell you know quite early if that, a, a player's on it and and is Yeah on form but as it must be so strange if you're living it and you're on the pitch and you and you're just concentrating on your job I guess and it's only afterwards you can and then I think the the press conference as well and Arsene Wenger was saying it and Seth Fabregas going on Twitter saying here's the future does it sink in over the next two days or so?
3: Yeah, yeah, it did. And you know what, like when you say you can always tell when someone's um, on it from the first few minutes, but I remember that game and I remember, like, I played loads of games in, in the league and in the Champions League that season, but this just felt like a massive step up in terms of everything, like the build-up, the press coverage, everything. Obviously, the team we were playing against and, and the players they had. And I just remember thinking... Again, that that same feeling of right. You've seen how how quick they press, get the ball, move it, and and it wasn't until like a couple of times in the game when I beat a midfielder where I thought, okay, right, if we if I can beat that first man, you get you get a little bit of of time to to get your head up and make a full pass. And then I remember thinking, right, just beat the first press and you'll be all right. And, and yeah, over the next the next few days, I remember Nasri saying to me after the game as well, like. You need to stay at this level now. You've you've just gone up a couple of levels. Like this is this needs to be your level week in week out, and like it means more when it like it's, it's all right, everyone else saying it, but when it comes from your teammates, the people that see you every day, it meant more.
2: So your your profile was steadily going up. You're you're, you're playing for England as well, still playing more and more for England. Um, you'll be voted Young Player of the Year that year. How much did your life change at that point because you were you know one of the most famous footballers in the country all of a sudden?
3: Yeah, no, it changed massively over that that season. It, like it was strange because when I first broke into the squad in in pre season when I was sixteen, and then obviously made my debut, my life changed massively. And people start recognising me. I was still living in digs and you know I'd walk up the road to the shop, and people would ask me for a picture. And uh, it, my life just it went it went crazy to be honest. And at like, this time as well, I'd, I'd only just moved out that season. I moved into a little apartment in totterridge and you know I'd before i was living with my mum and dad and life was life had changed but inside was still the same like i was like any other 18 year old did you
2: struggle to cope with any of it at any time
3: i wouldn't say i struggled to cope Like obviously i had done a few things and made a few mistakes and, and then thought after oh god you know i can't do that like i'm not the same as my mates but like i wouldn't say like it would affect me that much, like even after I'd done it, like I'd obviously be worried about what Arsenal would think. And but once having a conversation with him and, and getting his backing, or or telling off from him and, and and a warning, then I'd be all right. Like it, it didn't really bother me that much.
2: And what about um, your sort of football profile? Were you, was your agent starting to get a few calls from other clubs at this time? Was there ever any offer? Did you ever come close to leaving? Because you're one of the hottest properties in in Europe, weren't you?
3: no i never really came close to leaving in fact i didn't not at all uh, there was a few inquiries from one of my uh, when i my old agent from city but i never really was interested um as i said josh i was living my dream you know i was fortunate enough that i, I still lived in the same area i was at a club that i grew up at my family lived around the corner and I was living the dream. and All I wanted to do was, was play for Arsenal and I was doing that and becoming more and more important, getting into the England squad and I wanted to continue that. And I felt as well, at that time, like that season, I said we, we challenged and we came close and I still felt the next couple of seasons we had a real chance.
2: Yeah, we I mean, we spoke to Vocek, your your good friend Vocek recently and he was talking about this season saying that this should have been, we were, we were the best team in England and we should have won it that year Um, and it just seemed to, Collapse at the end at the end of the season. Do you ever think back on that and wonder why it happened and, and whether we could have done anything differently? Yeah, all the time.
3: Um, I always think like, would things have been different if we'd have went on to win? Would Seska stayed? We'd have kept the team together a bit longer. Maybe attracted a few more bigger name players, and and you know who knows? Once you win a league, then you go and challenge for Champions League. But yeah, that, I mean, it all seemed to humbling away after the the Birmingham game do you remember
2: yeah the League Cup final
3: yeah like that was that was so tough to take I think that took a few games to get over and and then once you you lose a few games and the quality of the teams are, that were around us it was difficult um, like I look back to that game and I was so convinced that we were going to win that game like not before the game like obviously it was a final and we were nervous and we respected Birmingham but we went into the game, and then we went one nil down. We got it back to one all, and that's the second half is going on. And I feel like they're getting more and more tired. We're dominating more. I'm thinking, right, are we even going to win this, or this is going to go in to extra time, and we'll win it there? And then to to lose it the way we did, you know, it was so tough to take. Like that was sort of my first real heartbreaking football. Like I would, I'd just come into the team, Arsenal hadn't win, won one a, a trophy in in however long it was. And then we we're gonna I f I felt like, right, we're gonna win one with me and the team and we're gonna go on and win more and win this league. And and it didn't obviously didn't turn out that way, and it was difficult to take.
2: So I guess some players you are still a teenager at the time and it's gonna affect you, but I guess it affected all of the players in, in different ways. Did some take it harder than others?
3: Yeah, I think I think the younger players did, I think Wojciech did. It was obviously Arguably at fault for the goal. Um,
2: he's bl- he's still blaming Lauren Koscielny. He told us.
3: He a... <laughs> well, whoever, whoever's fault it was, it was his first as well. Like his first season, no one expected him to play as well. I think he was only like twenty twenty one, and he was number one for Arsenal, and living the dream like me. And uh, like we really felt we had something special. There was a great atmosphere in the team. Um. And We felt like we were going to go on and win things, and to have it snatched away, like from under your under your feet, just in the last moment. I think a few of us took it. I definitely took it. Took it bad. It took me a few a few weeks to go over that.
2: And then, so you you managed to end the season on a high, on a on a person that, as I say, winning the, the young player of the year, and you must have been all set up, all looking forward to the to the next season.
3: Yeah. No, I was obviously buzzing with that. I was disappointed with that we didn't win anything and it was a, I know I was not in the team before, it was another season that we didn't win anything and we, we, we felt like, as I said, we had something special and we wanted to, to prove that to people, to the fans, but then to obviously win the, the young player of the year award was special. I didn't see it coming at all. Even I remember playing the game, I think we played, uh, Liverpool at home the day of the day of the awards and, uh, I had to obviously go to the awards after, but I, I still, like, I was so naive. I didn't think of anything. My agent obviously knew that, and my dad knew that I'd won it, and they didn't say anything to me until I got there, and I was still like, wow, I was shocked. Um, yeah, but no, that was special, and then yeah, I was ready for the next season. So that
2: was part one of our interview with Jack. Join us on Thursday for the second half, and again, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that episode or any of our other interviews. So until then, bye for now.